Hey, I'm Dr. Judy and welcome to Supercharged Life, where I help you discover new ways to create success, wellness, and fulfillment and give you tangible tools to supercharge your life. You guys, I love working on this podcast so much and I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, remember to subscribe, download, and tell your friends and take a moment to leave a rating and a review because that will mean so very much to me. Today's theme of the day is all about wisdom. What is it really? And how can we get more wisdom so that we can transform our lives today? And this is such a hot topic right now. I got a listener question on Instagram about what it is to really have wisdom and how do you know the difference between what maybe is wisdom and maybe a gut feeling you should follow versus maybe something that feels more like self-sabotage, an excuse that you're making for yourself to not do something. And we're definitely going to be talking about this with my fabulous guest today, Gary John Bishop. You probably know him from a lot of his no-nonsense self-development books. And just a note out there, we are going to be cursing on this podcast today because they're in the titles of Gary's book. So if you have any minors listening, just, you know, put earmuffs on, just know that we are going to be using expletives today on this podcast. Now, wisdom is so important because it is the key to an interesting and fulfilling life. It can only be acquired through experience, like traveling and reading and meeting people with different views, and then thinking about these experiences deeply and considering what you're going to take away from it that can be generalized to these other areas of your life. It's really the key to so much. It's the key to success, to health, to joy and happiness. And by learning as much as you can and analyzing your experiences and putting your knowledge to the test, your worldview, your change, your life will be richer and your ability to reach your fullest potential will finally be achievable. And one of the most important things and the most wonderful things to know about wisdom, you don't need to be wealthy to attain it. It's all about you and the hard work you put in. So let's get to it. I'm so excited to introduce my fabulous guest today. I'm so excited to speak to today's amazing guest, Gary John Bishop. Gary is a New York Times bestselling author, speaker, and urban philosopher who has an irreverent, tough love, no-nonsense approach to personal growth. He has penned, unfuck yourself, stop doing that shit, do the work, and now, wise as fuck. His no-frills message cuts through the fog of people's lives to transform the real issues that consume and anchor them to their self-limiting behaviors and beliefs. And he's going to help you move past any self-imposed limitations and unleash your greatness. I'm really happy to welcome Gary to the show to dwell deeper into his approach to empowering people to change their lives for the better and to learn some lessons today about good and bad wisdom. So welcome, Gary. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Gary, what I love about your new book is that no one really talks about how to be wise. I think a lot of people want wisdom, but they don't know how to get it. Yeah, and right. I think, right? I think it's a struggle for us. I think you know. I mean, I, I mean, I started with my own kind of view with this. You know, like how how have I been making my way through life? And I noticed there were like some big things that came along in my life, and I, and I became like a like a like a more powerful human being out of it. And I had to look at like, well, what was I learning and how did I learn it? 
And that's really what I've been out to give people is uh, in this new book is to give people something that they can dive into and experience for themselves. And the kind of what I'm calling wisdom here, the kind of stuff that that will kind of empower you for maybe not only where you are, but for what's to come. Well, what I love about your approach is you get right down to it. No bullshit. And I think that's what people need right now. Honestly, a lot of people are going through some crazy stress and the shit storms of life, especially as we're still dealing with the pandemic, understanding the new normal. How are we going to connect? How are we going to communicate? And I don't think people have time to sit down and reflect so deeply yeah. to the point where they're overthinking and not doing anything to change things. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, it's very challenging at times to be a human being, you know, it's just really challenging at times. And, and you know, I've got a, I mean, I'm like most people, I feel, I think I've, I've got a big heart, I've got a lot of compassion for people. But I think there are times in my life, and, and again, if I look at my own life, there have been really key points in my life when I felt as if I needed somebody just to say this, you know, this thing right here, that, that just cut right through it all for me. Because when you're in it, when you're in that kind of morass, it's really challenging to see the morass. You're so in it, trying to fix it, trying to change it, trying to make it better. And then something comes along somewhere that helps cut through all that for you. And, um, you know, I, I, I really feel as if that you're right. We're at a time where a lot of people just, there's no time to dwell. There's really like how to empower myself and how to move through this. Yes. And I love that you focus on this concept of wisdom and everybody defines wisdom a bit differently, but how do you define wisdom? Yeah, I think there's good wisdom and bad wisdom. And this is what I talk about in the book, you know, because, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the self-help industry, like, you know, like, like, you, well, you know, like you are too, right? And we want to empower people. We want people to, to make change. I notice a lot of the stuff out there that kind of gets peddled as, as wisdom, tends to be more like advice, like, let me tell you what to do, mm. which I don't really know if that makes me a wiser person. That might help me with this current situation, but I don't think that stands me in great stead moving forward. Wisdom for me is something that you dive into, that you inquire into, that you ask questions about, that you discover for yourself, like you find yourself in its words. And, um, and, it's, and it's sometimes a solution for what you're dealing with in the moment, but it's more like something that you can live by as you move forward. So that's one of the things that I've really been out to, to, to point out to people is, you know, just because I know something that doesn't belong in the realms of wisdom, right? I mean, because we're all doing things that we know we shouldn't, right? For instance, so knowing what I know doesn't necessarily make me a wiser human being, maybe more informed, but when push comes to shove in those key moments of life, does it help me shift gears? And that's, that's, I really feel as if that's what I'm here to do with people is to empower them and what they're actually dealing with to shift gears and to keep doing it and to be able to do it themselves without having to turn to somebody like me every two minutes. I completely agree with that concept. I mean, you wrote this book called Do the Work. And as a psychologist, one of the biggest problems that I see in patients and the people I work with is sometimes their lack of desire to put in the actual work. And I know that you've addressed this issue across all your books. I mean, it's a real theme. So I have the hard copy of Unfuck Yourself. (laughs) And I know that in this book, you also talk about this idea about stop blaming luck, stop blaming other people, stop pointing to outside influences and circumstances. And I know that sometimes people get entrenched in that idea of maybe over complaining. And maybe they they think of self-development as, this positive journey, like everything's going to feel amazing all the time. Well, obviously not, right? Right, for sure. I mean, look, you you can blame luck. You can blame outside circumstances. You can blame other people. You can blame your childhood. Go ahead. 
right? But at some point, you'll find yourself reading my books, right? And the reason you'll end up reading my books is because none of that stuff works. Mm -hmm. It actually just doesn't work, let alone the whole kind of morality side of things or being responsible or being a good person or whatever you want to call all that stuff. You will find that the more you blame, the more you point to what's going on around you or what has been, the less power you will have with the life you've got. So, and, and those are, that's like gravity. You can take that stuff to the bank, okay? So the reason why I say that to people is, is not to be cruel or diminish what they've dealt with or, you know, diminish whatever they've had to deal with in their own life from their childhood or whatever. It's to say to them, look, we're either going to stew in this for a while longer or we're going to look at, okay, enough's enough. I got to move on. I have to move on. That doesn't mean to say you can't have compassion for somebody. It doesn't mean to say you can't really, you know, be empathetic to somebody. All it means is there has to come a point where you say no more. And and what I'm really out to do with a lot of my work is to get people to that point where it's no more. And and I feel as if the most powerful way to do that, for better or worse, is to put it right in people's face. Is to have them face it. Like, what? How's your life gonna go if you continue on this pathway? Like to wake them up to something where where they can start, where they can be responsible for this moment moving forward. And he started kind of elicit the kind of change that's more consistent with with the life they maybe even deserve. Absolutely. I've heard patients tell me things like, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Like sometimes you have to get to that point to say, I'm going to move forward now. And I love the way that you split up this new book, Wise as Fuck, into four fundamentals of life, love, loss, fear, and success. I absolutely agree that those are the fundamentals, but can you break down why you came to these four areas to write about? Yeah. So one of the things that I that I really endeavor to do is, is kind of get down into the dirt. As I like to say, I want to get down in the dirt. Like what, what, what do we actually have going on in our lives? You know, what's, what's it like to get up in the morning, open your eyes, go downstairs or go into the kitchen, make yourself a cup of coffee. What's it like to face the day? What's in front of you? Mm-hmm. And, and the more I got into it and the more, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I engage with people, the more I think about this thing from my own perspective, I noticed like, like the things that concern us most, are, are things like fear, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's masquerading as anger, but ultimately you'll find there's fear behind that somewhere. Um, and then this kind of constant press of success, not necessarily, you know, like Hollywood success or corporate success, but just the success of like, oh, I got my bonus this month, or, you know, um, I started that little side hustle of mine, or I got that promotion, or whatever it might be for me as a human being. I noticed like that was a big part of our lives. Even getting the bargain, by the way, at the store mm-hmm. is a success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then loss. So, so many loss for me immediately what came to mind when I started to think about loss was death, you know, because that's yeah. kind of how we, like if my cat died or something or my grandmother passed away or whatever. But I started to notice loss is a bigger thing than that. It's, it's like um, when I didn't get the promotion, well, that's a loss. And I'll, I'll actually experience loss there. And it's, it's the loss of what? It's the loss of a future that I had in mind. So a divorce is, in fact, a loss. But it's not so much, some people say, well, I was glad I got divorced. I know, but at some point, you had to deal with the end of the future that you'd invested yourself in. And at some level or other, you'll find that that you did experience loss with that, right? And very different kind of loss, I guess, than if somebody passed away, but a a loss nonetheless. And so I, I realized that these things were, intertwine some things. Some things you are dealing with two and three things at the same time. 
But you could almost bring any situation back to loss, to fear, to success. And the more you, the more you kind of start to understand life in those terms, believe it or not, the simpler things start to look. And then the more readily you're able to address these things, which is what I really feel as if we've powerfully dealt with in the book. Yeah, you're really uh, right in that these four areas are interrelated and they're universal. No matter what culture you're from, what age you're at, what stage you are in life, you're going to be dealing with these themes. And sometimes when you see movement in one theme, you're going to see movement in the others. So let's start with love, everybody's favorite topic. I love that you start out all your chapters by talking a bit about the bad wisdom that kind of floats around all the time about these areas. And some of the bad wisdoms that I picked up on that I hear all the time is love is 50, 50 love is give and take, which you address in the book. So why do you think that's bad wisdom and why do we need to kind of get this idea out of our heads? Yeah. Yeah. So if you start with a, with a notion that every experience you have, you're generating it. Okay. So every experience I'm having as a human being, I'm generating it. Now, I'm in, obviously, I'm interacting with what's going on around me. There are people talking. There are people not talking. There are situations happening. There are circumstances evolving. But I am constantly producing my own experience of being alive, right? Mm-hmm. So when I talk about this thing called love, and it was I actually stumbled across this. I think all the best discoveries I've ever made, I stumbled across them. I didn't, I didn't go for it. It just kind of came out of something else. But, it, but I started to realize, like, when I was, so I've been married for 20 something years. Every time I say 20 something years, my wife gets annoyed because I should know the number, but it's 20 something years. And um, I, I would say, I would notice like, well, I have this experience of being loved by this woman. Right? I have this experience of being loved, but is she giving me that? Or am I doing that? Right? And that experience, am I bringing that to the table? So one day I asked her a question. I said, what's, what's the thing that I do where you experience being loved by me, mm. right? And so she named things. She was like, oh, when you do this. And then I started to get, like, I'm just doing that thing. Mm. But she's generating this experience of being loved. Now, unfortunately, in relationships, and I've done this for many years in my relationship, I was waiting on her doing those things or not doing those things. And then I would generate or not bring to the, to the table my experience of love. So then the minute I started to give that up, like she had to do anything for me to love her. And I really mean that. So I mean, that's like, that's my, some people might think I'm either a weirdo or I'm a saint or something. It's none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 it's not on my wife to love me, right? I don't, I don't, I don't kind of put that on her. I'm the one that wants love in my relationship. I want love in my life. I'm, a, I'm kind of big into that deal. I don't give that to somebody else. Why? Because I want it, you know? So if you're not, you know, doing what I think you should do, then I don't get it. So then I really started to get that the love in my relationship is completely a function of who I am in it. Am I a loving man in this relationship? Because I want love. Or am I being righteous or resentful or whatever? And so in the book, I really go into like some of the notions of wisdom that that have been passed on generation to generation are actually screwing you over. They're making you a spectator in your own relationship. You're kind of looking for something rather than bringing something to the table. And again, it comes back to the same thing. If you're asking yourself, well, why should I bring it to the table? Because you're the one that wants it. And if you want it, then bring it. And if there's something over there with that other person that you're no longer satisfied with, then that's a different issue. 
but you got to start getting other people off the hook for your experience of yourself and your self-expression as a human being, because all of that's coming from you. And the more, the quicker you realize all of that's coming from you, the more power you'll have in just about any situation of your life. I love that reflection because again, it goes back to the role of accountability and responsibility that you should be responsible for yourself and your feelings and your actions. You can't wait for somebody else to complete you, right? This idea of you complete me, (laughs) right? We we get this too much in the media, I think. And you're so right. And unfortunately, Hollywood sort of perpetuates some of the bad wisdom that people expect. Um, Humans are obviously flawed. How do we truly unconditionally love somebody? Because I know you speak about this in the book too. Yeah, it's great. I had a brilliant conversation with somebody about this recently. So I said, love is unconditional and anything mm-hmm. else is just manipulation, mm-hmm. right? So people get all like hooked by that. They're like, oh my God, I'm not manipulating, but you know, I deserve to be treated a certain way. Okay, that's fine. But that's not love what you're, that you're talking about right now. What you're talking about is your resentment, right? which is a different thing. Love itself knows no bounds, right? What the, the bounds are applied by human beings. Mm-hmm. So human beings apply the conditions, right? But love itself, and it's funny, if you talk to some, like, especially very spiritual people, um, especially people from a lot of um, Eastern cultures, Eastern to here anyway, cultures, um, this notion of love is all-encompassing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm trying to remember what I heard the quote now, but, you know, when one truly loves, one can never be hurt because love goes beyond hurt, right? Mm -hmm. The hurt is a different thing from love. It's not the same as love. So one of the things that I really discovered for myself, but but in a lot of my interactions with other people, you know, we do have these kind of conscious or otherwise constraints on how we love others. Like we love the bits that we love Mm-hmm. And we resent the bits that we don't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I found this in my relationship with my mom. Many years ago, I had a massive breakthrough in my relationship with her. When I just chose to love the whole thing, like just all of her. And, and, and she didn't have to change. I didn't want yeah. her to change. Because I'd spent so long in my life wishing that she was somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, not the whole thing, just the bits that I would rather she wasn't. Yeah. And then the moment that I just gave myself, I just gave myself to loving the whole thing. It was a massive relief. Like it was these years of like tormenting myself were gone. Mm. And she was different. She became different, but only because I no longer treated her through that lens. The only lens that I would treat her through was the lens that I loved her. So quite literally, she could say anything that in the past might have offended me, but at this point, I'm just choosing to love all of that because all of that encompasses who she is. And it would be silly of me to think I could cherry pick her because she is that way. And and I guess the big eye-opener for me was when I realized that I'd, I'd created a situation where I was fighting for me to be accepted, mm-hmm. but the reality was I wasn't okay with who she was. Mm-hmm. Like I'd spent my life wanting her to be different. And, and, you know, you can imagine if somebody's, I mean, imagine like put yourself on, on the other side of this, you know, like imagine somebody treats you like it's not okay for you to be you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd be annoyed or pissed off at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it just, I, I got so much peace of mind out of that. I got so much out of that relationship in the years before she passed. Like, and I'm forever thankful, by the way, that I chose that because if I hadn't, 
she would have passed and I would have been left with little but resentment. And, and uh, you know, that's been a, that breakthrough for me has caused so many other breakthroughs in my life and allowed me to really start to take charge of how some of these situations are going. That really speaks to me in a very personal way, because I find that when I have embraced the important people in my life, whether it's family members, really close friends for who they are without wanting them to change, I see my relationship with them shifting. Yeah. And it's amazing. They're not doing it's anything. Amazing. They're just they're like, my mom was like this typical, like kind of, you know, like, like, like she was like a caricature of a Glaswegian, you know, like the Scottish woman, you know, like tougher than the man. And, um, you know, like I'm always, one time I went to visit her on the fly. I hadn't seen her for like two years. I just showed up at her door and the first words out of her mouth were, what are you doing here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, in the past that I got really offended or something by that, but I didn't. I was like, oh, I just grabbed her and I hugged her. And she was uncomfortable with me hugging her. She was like, you know, she didn't <laughs> like it. But um, but that's what I wanted. I wanted this love. You know, yeah. she didn't have to do anything. Just just be there. That's all I need you to do. Just be there and let me express this. But what I did notice, which goes back to what you're saying, over time, I gave her the space to be different. Mm-hmm. I gave her the the kind of room to explore a little bit with me, you know, like what would it like feel like to stand in the middle of the living room and hug me and kiss me on the cheek and which she did many times. Yep. Um, so it was it was transformational for everyone, transformational for my whole family actually to witness that. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. And thank you so much for telling me about it because I do think that there is so much power when somebody feels that acceptance from you, from your actions, from the way you behave around them. And sometimes it changes the way that you interact. It changes your scripts. It changes the the meaningfulness of your relationship with one another. And I just The whole context shifts. It's like we're no longer engaging from the same perspective. We're moving to another perspective and we're examining life from there. And when you examine someone from the perspective or the context of love, they become a whole other kind of human being. You start to see things you'd never seen before. You start to miss things that you used to get triggered by because from that viewpoint, sorry, from that perspective of love, you're you're like picking out love, 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 Mm -hmm. love. You see it all over the place. And it's. Yep. Yeah, it's a remarkable thing. Yes, it's uh, it benefits you and it benefits everybody that you're in relationship with. So sure. I really love that. Let's move on to the next two areas that you talk about, because I think that they're intertwined very much, especially right now as we're still dealing with a pandemic, which is loss and fear. Now, right. there's a lot of bad wisdom about how people deal with loss and fear. And I think loss, especially as you mentioned, it's not just about death, although of course that's what most people think of, but it's about the loss of an identity, the loss of an old normal. And right now in the pandemic, everybody is struggling with that and people are feeling overwhelmed. And I think it's forcing them to isolate even more in some instances and the fear just overcomes them and and cripples them. So What do you think people most need to hear right now about yeah. dealing with all the loss and fear that's out there? Well, I'll, I'll can I address this specifically inside of the, the pandemic thing? But but what we tend to do, this is a big threat, you know. And and so you can see, like, it's a very it's very much a political thing here in the United States. But if you if you set that aside and leave that over there for another subject, but if you deal with like the presence of this thing in our daily conversations, okay, so it's here for you regardless of what political place you find yourself in, it arrives here in our normal like a threat, right? Mm-hmm. Like this thing shouldn't be here. 
So not a threat like, you know, you're hiding behind the couch or something, but like there's something now here that you think shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, people are now very understandably reacting to the threat, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a real threat like, you know, somebody standing outside your bedroom window or something, right? So it's not a threat like that. But it's the presence of something that is unwanted. This, I don't want this thing here, okay? Mm-hmm. So there are those who say, well, let's, you know, handle it the way, this, this way over here. And those are saying, well, let's handle it this way over here. But everybody goes into some kind of survival mode around it, right? Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes it's pretty big. But it's some mode of survival, some mode of preserving what they've got, okay? Preserving mm-hmm. what they've got. And when you start doing that, you're no longer in a dance with what's here. Mm-hmm. You're no longer, so people are saying, you know, I've lost my job. That's me. I'm done. Or, you know, this situation, I'm done. I'm screwed. I can't. Because people are trying to grab onto something that actually doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't, we're not in a pre-pandemic you know, pandemic situation. That we're in a pandemic situation like that. And there are people who will say, no, we're not. It's not a pandemic. And that's part of your survival now. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're in your mode. Of survival. So either way, everybody's feeling the burden of this. Everybody's feeling the weight of this. And really, what the opportunity and there's a big opportunity, right? The big opportunity right now is the first thing you would do is acknowledge the loss. What's the loss? The loss of the way things work. Mm. Right? They're not that way. And the more you try and struggle to get them be that way, the more pressure you're going to experience. Right? It's like I think a little analogy I use when talking about a similar thing in my first book is, you know, you're roaming across a lake and you fall in the water, but you're still trying to row. Mm-hmm. Well, the boat's gone. Right. It's trying to swim, right? This is a different thing now. And so in this situation, the loss is, and it really has to acknowledge the loss, like, yeah, you know, life is going this way or that way for me. And I felt as if, you know, once maybe I was getting my stuff together and it was starting to look okay for me and I'm going to lose my job and I could lose my apartment. I get all that. I understand all that. And that's not, it's not a good thing at all. In fact, it could even be a terrible thing for you at this point or this juncture of your life. But it's to realize there's a new kind of set of circumstances around me. And because you can't quite see a possibility in that for yourself, it doesn't mean that there's not one here or 50 here or 200 here. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this kind of realization of how you're setting yourself up right now, that you're coming from a place of like, oh, how can I get this to look the way you, you don't get to explore what else is available to you. This could mm-hmm. be your shot to write your book. This could be your shot to start your business. Mm-hmm. This could be your shot to move to that new city, that new state. This could be your shot to go back to school. This could be your opening. This could be your moment for you to actually realize, oh, this is like a forced window, mm-hmm. but it's a window. It's still an opportunity for me as a human being. But it all begins with acknowledging that loss. Like that is no more. And they give up that struggle to try and make it like that. This is a time for invention and creation. And I do say like it's a time of risk for us as human beings, but that's the same all the time. Every day is a time of risk. But it's just it's a little more obvious risk for most of us right now. That's all. Absolutely. I think acceptance, as hard as it is to do, is fundamental to moving past loss and fear, because until you accept that this is your new reality, you're going to be myopic. You're going to have tunnel vision and you're not going to see that perhaps this isn't just 
a time of contraction, but it's actually a time of expansion and opportunities. And I do see some people trying to step out right now, trying to become successful, but clearly there's some bad wisdom there too in this area of success. So I know you talk about the differentiation between success as a goal versus success as an identity and a part of who you are. Can you talk about that concept? Yeah, yeah, it was a really, it was a kind of funny thing for me to even discover for myself. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm the same as everybody else. I'm, I was born into an environment that I had no say in. And there were already preset notions of what success is and isn't. And I bought into them like everybody else does. So I really saw success as something I was pursuing. And, and it wasn't until I was kind of getting into my 40s that I started to realize that that's all it ever was. It was only ever pursuit. It was pursuit, 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 pursuit. Mm-hmm. The whole notion of pursuit, if you think about that, like I'm pursuing something, I can never really have that thing because the game is pursuit. And I noticed that particularly when, when I did accomplish some things that I would call success, I noticed it was fleeting, it was gone, then it was just on to the next race. And it was never ending. So I, it was... It was quite something for me to start saying, well, what if what I'm starting with is success? What if who I am is success? What if the context for all that I do is success? What if where I'm coming from and everything that I do is success? Therefore, it's never about accomplishing something. And I do accomplish things and I do have goals. But my experience is one of being fulfilled and empowered in the fundamentals of performing in those areas. So when I go ahead and I say, I want to write a new book, it's not about finishing the book. It's about writing it, right? And the day-to-day of writing it. If I want to make an extra, you know, $10,000 a year as a human being, it's not about making $10,000 a year. It's about now, how do I get to engage with life from $10,000 extra a year? Like, what's that game I'm now in? And it's always, always used, uh, I'm always interested in using the future as some way to inform the present. Most of us use the, the future like some kind of bait to mm-hmm. kind of pull us out of right now. I think that's a waste of right now. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. interested in right now and what it is to be happy right now and what it right. is to be empowered right now. I'm really right. not interested in what it takes to be happy later. That'll take care of itself as long as my interest is in right now. So it's, a, it's, it's about setting myself up to be someone who comes from a place of success rather than that kind of exhausting pursuit, which I really feel as if has burned a lot of people out. I absolutely agree because then you're never going to be good enough. There's always that next goal. There's always that next thing to check off. And what you're really speaking to is living this life full of value and meaning now and really identify more with the process, which I do think that our society doesn't really focus on as much. So my last question for you is you've already shared so many tidbits from your book. Everybody needs to pick up a copy of wise as fuck talking to you makes me feel wiser already. So, so what is your last thing that you'd like to impart on our listeners about continuing to live this wise as fuck life? Obviously, yeah. easier said than done. Yeah, it is. But there are practices, right? Like, like riding a bicycle is easier said than done. But once you get it, there's really nothing much to it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but this is the same. I, I think anywhere you're disempowered in life, you'll notice it's about you. It's about something you've got going. I mean, it seems like it's going on what's going on around you, but you'll notice what you're really speaking of is how you're doing. 
Aye. And so I always find this, like, it's it's amazing how it doesn't take much to uncover it. When, it, when you're at your most disempowered, your world has become very small. Mm-hmm. It's about you and how you're yeah. doing and why you're not doing and why you should be doing and blah, 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 blah. And I noticed that the, the real key here is you got to get your world bigger. You got to you got to exist in a bigger world. And the more that you make your life about you becoming someone who empowers others, right? Mm-hmm. You empower others. Like now, that doesn't mean to say you're like a motivational speaker or something, right? It means that you're somebody when you walk into a situation, you're the difference. Mm-hmm. It means that you're somebody when you walk into your family and they typically argue you're not that one. You're loving and connected, and you just are that way. That you're somebody when you go to work and the gossip starts, you're like, you don't participate. It's not for you. Why? Because you're somebody who wants to make a difference. You want your environment to be different because you're in it. And again, it's not even about having it turn your way. It's literally about you becoming someone who realizes you have a presence, you have an influence, you have a say, and that purely by your being there, you can elevate any situation. You can you can you can make a difference in any circumstance by being the kind of you that you've always wanted to be. And when you're being that you, it's no longer about you. And you will notice you'll get more empowered, more more happy, satisfied, fulfilled, because you're rising out of the kind of internal that kind of way that we kind of look in towards ourselves for happiness and get out there and get into the world and start expressing something that's a little more. lined up with who you would say you really are. Yeah. So get out of your head, believe in yourself and start taking action. Gary, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Again, your book is pretty much going to be everywhere in this next month. I'm very, very excited for everybody to be reading this book. Wise as fuck. How else can people learn more about your work? Um, I'm on uh, my, obviously you can see me at my, uh, my website, garyjohnbishop.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. I like to put stuff up where people can get little tidbits and little insights for themselves. Um, and then, you know, I have a, I also have a podcast, Unfuck Nation, where I take <laughs> questions from people that are really dealing with things, you know, like a, uh, like a, like a place where people can really get some insight for themselves as opposed to advice. You actually get a way to look at their situation a little differently. But, um, but I love engaging with people and I love engaging with the audience. So, uh, yeah, you can find me anywhere those places. Fantastic. So check out Gary's podcast, buy his book, follow him on social media for great insights and wisdom. Thank you once again, Gary, for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Up next are my supercharged tips of the day. Don't go anywhere. Wow. Do you guys feel unfucked already? Because you should. Gary is so much fun to talk to. And I love that he's also vulnerable. He's sharing his own stories about his family and how taking his own advice and wisdom, he's been able to transform these really important family relationships for himself. So let's get to the supercharged secret of the day, which is to increase wisdom. So the first tip is to be a student of your own life. Study your life with curiosity and learn from your experiences. When we talk about this concept of intuition, intuition isn't just a feeling. Did you know that intuition actually has a basis in your brain? It's in the lower parts of your brain, meaning that it's not in the frontal lobe, the executive function where there's a lot of language development. It's something that feels like an emotion because 
that part of your brain doesn't connect as easily with language, but there is still knowledge and wisdom that goes into those feelings. And so intuition is absolutely something that you develop as you have more experiences and study your life with curiosity. And earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that I got this great question from a listener about how to distinguish between whether something is a gut feeling that you should follow, perhaps a type of wisdom versus self-sabotage. And I think Gary spoke to this during my interview with him. The idea is that if it's something that's actually holding you back, keeping you in your thoughts, then perhaps that isn't the path to success. That really, if you check yourself and think about how you really want to live your life, stop being a spectator and just get into it. Take action. So if you can ask yourself that question honestly, is this idea actually holding me back and keeping me in my internal monologue Or is this idea actually going to move me forward so that I can actually be empowered to take action today and to feel like a success all the time? That I thought was just such a great tip that success isn't a goal to check off. Success can be your identity, something that you're living, your truth, your authenticity every single day of your life. My second tip on how to increase wisdom is to try new things. Don't be scared of trying new things. Maybe you'll fail at them spectacularly. Maybe you're going to be really good at it. Whatever the case may be, always open yourself to new experiences because it is the way that we truly grow as human beings. It's really hard to gain wisdom when you stay in and do the same thing day after day. You become wiser when you put yourself out there and give yourself the opportunity to learn, to make mistakes and blunders, and to reflect on the experience. Now, if you tend to be on the more inhibited side, work on cultivating that inquisitive spirit and the willingness to put yourself into new situations. And every time you experience something new, you're going to get a little wiser for having tried it. So all different types of things can apply to this. You can try new hobbies, new social activities. Uh, You could try to meet new people, but really just think about one little new thing you can do every single day of your life. Get this into your daily habits and routine, and you will see some important transformations. My third tip is to learn from wise people like Gary. So don't just think that you're in this by yourself. Talk to people who have wisdom, who have been through it, Seek out mentors, enrich yourself with education. You can take a class, you can get together with somebody you respect and you look up to and ask for a little bit of their time so you can ask some questions. Any type of learning and learning from wise people especially can really help because it's really all about understanding that so many of our human experiences are universal. So somebody who's been through it might have some really great advice for you. Gary talked about four main areas that are really universal in life, the areas of success, love, fear, and loss. So if you're feeling a bit stuck, don't be afraid to reach out and ask to learn from some wise people, mentors, or even just taking a class. So you guys, this is how I try to become a little wiser every day. I am a huge reader. And what I've really loved about working on this podcast is whenever I interview 
one of my authors, I read their book. I really dig in and I love consuming new information. And even if you don't have time to read a whole book, it's okay. Read an article, read a chapter of a book, learn new things. I love to try new things too. I can't tell you how many new hobbies and old hobbies that I've picked up during this pandemic. Everything from writing music, playing music, cooking, practicing my magic. I mean, the list just goes on. And sometimes you're going to try something and you realize, wow, I'm not very good at this or I don't enjoy this, but that's okay. That's one way of developing wisdom and knowing more about yourself. And actually more than anything, I've discovered that I love a lot of my hobbies and I'm just so grateful that I've had time to dig into them a little deeper. I also love talking to people who have been through all kinds of experiences and learning from them. So I've learned a lot by interviewing my guests on this podcast, and I've learned a lot from you, especially since we've been taking more listener questions lately. I have found my life so enriched by hearing from you and getting to help you with your everyday struggles. So keep those questions coming. I really love hearing from you. The fourth tip is acting on your values. Gary spoke to this when he discussed this idea of success, not as a checkpoint, but success as a journey. So this is all about living a meaningful, value-based life so that every moment of your life can feel like a success. And so what you really need to do is self-reflect. Don't just accept a set of values because that's what you were taught or that's what your neighbor or your best friend thinks. You know, you have to think about what's truly important to you, the things that you want to stand for in this life in the short period of time that we all have on this earth. Ultimately, your values should be aligned with your intuition, your conscience, your gut feeling that tells you what to do based on what you know to be true. And when you have a big decision to make, sometimes people get really stuck. They don't know which way to go. They want to please everybody. Well, all you have to do is think about your top values and whatever decision honors your top values most. If you go in that direction, you're never going to look back and regret what you did. So really decision-making based on values is one of my favorite tips to give to people and really helps you to cultivate that wisdom. Finally, the last tip is share with others what you have learned. So teach people about wisdom, give back by sharing your experiences with others. And also by sharing your experiences, you grow yourself in terms of that wisdom. And I just love the personal story that Gary shared about his mother and how that relationship was transformed because he decided just to accept her as she was because he loves her for who she is and there is no condition. I know that it's easier said than done, but I think it's truly transformative when you can do this with the people in your life. I think the first thing you have to decide is whether or not you really want a relationship with this person. And once you have decided that, then deciding to love them completely. And in that way, it's your choice you feel empowered, and that person feels that unconditional love from you, and your relationship will change for the better. Trust Gary and I on this. Both of us have experienced it, and we really, really want you to give this a shot. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supercharged Life. If you like the show and want to learn more, follow me at Dr. Judy Ho. And remember to subscribe, download, tell your friends, and take a moment to rate the podcast. It will really mean so much to me. 
I'm Dr. Judy, and remember, anytime is a great time to supercharge your life. The Supercharged Life with Dr. Judy podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.